Hey everybody, welcome to the show. So, um, if you have been a longtime listener, you would know that I mostly come across as a meathead, owing to the fact that me and Yuris did a fitness podcast. Um, I try and balance that part of my personality by being a huge dork. And nothing says huge dork to me, or at least in, in the stereotypical sense, more so than Dungeons and & Dragons and role-playing games in general. And since it is about time for another fun episode of the podcast, I decided to reach out to the community and to the dev team and see if anybody would be interested in sharing some D&D stories. And thankfully, I found some people. Guys, introduce yourselves. Hi, we're the Dork Patrol. Wait, <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Calling me a dork? Wait, no, I said we're Rude. the Dork Patrol. <laughs> Collective dorkness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but hi, Brothers I'm, I'm Felp. Yeah. And, and I'm Vela. Woo! Okay, Woo! so um, our experiences with D&D are... Assume something to behold. Felvis shared with me some goddamn oh insane stories. And that's where I got the inspiration for this from. Uh, but let's just establish a baseline. Let's each share how long have we been playing for. Let's start with Felp. Oh, uh, I'm still relatively new to uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, as, a, as a concept and knowing of it, it's been over 10 years. But I haven't actually played it or found anyone to play it with uh until about four years ago and then it took me another year to actually get it started to play it uh so i've only been playing it for about three years and uh going through three four different campaigns uh some of them didn't really last very long uh maybe like four or five sessions before things happen you know real life is a bitch sometimes yeah. um also got, you know, DM troubles and player troubles and things don't really work out. You know, all, all the horror stories type stuff. Um, but yeah, no, the longest running campaign was also the first real one. And that was the one that's been going on now for... Or that just ended about uh, uh, a year ago. So that was a, a two-year, two-and-a-half-year campaign. Nice. And Vala? Well, uh, it's somewhat similar. Uh, I actually am also somewhat new to D&D. Well, mostly uh, Pathfinder, actually. But uh, I think I started playing, I want to say, five years ago. And then I started DMing around three or four years ago, somewhere along those lines. Ooh. Has it been mostly Pathfinder, or have you dabbled into other stuff? Um, I have, like, Pathfinder mostly, that's where I'm most comfortable, but then I also took part in, like, a custom, uh, like, a custom PNP, uh, game, which one of my friends developed. So, yeah, and there I was just a player doing odd stuff. You're playtesting on many fronts, then. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. really am. The yeah. whole of Ember Source level design and now everybody's <laughs> RPGs. Damn, Pathfinder, yeah. huh? That's uh, mm -hmm. I, I've only ever looked at it. I must have been playing uh, 5e because Pathfinder is, uh, I don't know, there's, there's too much uh, uh, PhD levels of math. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's way too much in there. It, it's not. Uh, as I like my simple stuff. It it's, no, uh, I actually, yeah. I actually think Pathfinder is pretty like the Pathfinder one is pretty easy to get into honestly um it's like it's it's based on 3.5 
so it doesn't have the same number of dice and the same like weird strange rules that fourth edition came with um oh man the black sheep but it um but, but it is a little bit more complicated than 5e i think um and I honestly haven't dabbled too much in, in, in Pathfinder 2. I have the PDF laying around somewhere, and I've been meaning to start reading it, but I just keep getting distracted because of, I guess... <laughs> Same. Yeah, it, my RPG uh, history is, of, like, overwhelming to me. So I started in 2012 with oh. a Pathfinder campaign. We bought the Pathfinder Beginner's Box with a couple of friends, and we all dressed up and went to one of a dude's house. <laughs> and we started playing. Our costumes did not match our characters whatsoever. Nice. Good so stuff. So from Pathfinder, Classic. we went to 4th edition, and that was a blast. We switched to 5th towards the end of that campaign. And that is one of my horror stories, the end of that campaign, which honestly could be a monologue into itself, but we could save that for later. <laughs> um, that, God, that was a disaster. And then the current campaign I'm part of, I've been playing for four and a half years, going almost on five. Oh, man, that's nice. fucking impressive. That yeah, is impressive. We, we don't play it weekly, obviously. We play it every once in a yeah. while because we're scattered all across Europe. Right. Uh, our DM's in Sweden, actually. Hey! And <laughs> represent. And um, it's where I learned the bulk of how to play a character well it's also where my favorite character is situated which will be the next question um <laughs> and aside from dnd i i'm really really enamored with the world of shadowrun which is cyberpunk with magic mm. and yeah 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 speaking uh, is, of is, is yeah. that how you is that why you you like ember sword i mean yes in part it's, there's <laughs> something about techno magical settings that just enamors so cool. me yeah mm. especially so it's really well. it's really too bad you weren't part of the, the the discussion yesterday i think you would have found it pretty interesting ah you did you did have a game design meeting i remember that i did we mm. had a magic design meeting Ooh. Ooh. Ma Ooh. but it's not magic it's technology it's technomancy <laughs> it's flux Flux. Even even on the fun off-topic episodes, you still manage to sneak in some sneak <laughs> Oh yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's good marketing. Uh, but yeah, speaking <laughs> of just difficult dice systems, Felp, you do not want to touch Shadowrun. <laughs> oh, I, I do not want to touch Shadowrun. All right. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. After you asked me uh, a few days ago about uh, the the little cyberpunk music, I, mm -hmm. I I looked into it and it was it was uh, whoo, it, it was cool. But mm -hmm. I, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> it's the most math. Everything is done with a six sided die. It's it's quite daunting. I, I, I usually play. I, I have played D and D. The first few one shots I played was uh, like proper tabletop in real life with a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. um, so just learning how to roll dice properly of five uh, and, and five e that was uh, it was tough, but you know it worked out because five e is kind of, kind of quite simple. Um, but I've been doing all of that now uh, online thanks to, well, the wonders of the internet. As you said, I've also also been playing online mostly for my campaign there. But Raise Roll20. Yeah, oh. Roll20 is amazing. I've been playing with uh, mostly Americans and then some Europeans. But holy shit, man, I really miss sitting around the table with people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christ. Great. I have so many, so many good memories from that, and wacky videos. 
and, and imagery <laughs> of people being like sitting there with their half uh you know small little tokens that they bring with them to uh i don't know <laughs> make role playing easier somehow yeah uh, uh because method acting is a, not a thing apparently <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and they're like oh yeah let's let's go smack this thing and they wave their little mini sword around or whatever and it's <laughs> <laughs> it makes for really good moments, especially when it's uh, you know when, when when it's a Friday night out and and people have started drinking. Yeah, definitely. It's once you let go of the inhibitions, it's like few other things out there. Well, speaking of fond memories, what is you guys' favorite character you've played? Well, I mean, the, the character that I played the longest would probably be uh, my uh, my little wizard, <laughs> the uh, little wizard called Murd or Murden. Um. And uh, he was an interesting, uh, interesting fellow. He uh, was the first brainchild of the of the little one shot, uh, one shot campaigns uh, that I had initially. And then I actually developed him in this uh, two and a half year uh, long campaign. And uh, I mean, as as with all, as with all the recommendations for when you start playing a D and D and what to make for your first character, make a make a super idealized version of yourself. <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's no, basically Murd. <laughs> that's my little wizard. He is uh, super uh, sarcastic, energetic, uh, quick-witted, and uh, uh, just uh, absolutely demolished everybody and everything that the DM threw at us with uh, wicked weird use of unconventional magic. <laughs> that's just the greatest time nice. I could possibly have. The DM would throw something really stupid and seemingly insurmountable at us, and I would be wave a spell somehow like gust of wind and be like lol, goodbye. I, I won this encounter. <laughs> or, uh, you know, big bad monster is about to hit the big finishing nuke, and I just wall of force that and somehow explain a way that Everyone's unscathed because Wall of Force is a broken spell and uh, should be nerfed. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just amazing. Just so creative. I loved it. Mm, but basically, you like see, so you're you're saying you ended up going with a character that is like personality-wise a lot like you. Uh, that of course makes it super easy to roleplay. Mm -hmm. That's a really that's, good idea. That's yeah. That's uh, also definitely what I recommend people oh, yeah. uh, that uh, play characters in my campaigns like either make a character that is very much like you basically play yourself uh, and and otherwise play a character that is very very easy for you to get into because otherwise mm -hmm. like role playing is hard role playing is hard and people really um, people have a really hard time figure out when when to get out of character and into character and as soon as as that becomes confusing and as soon as that becomes sort of mixed up uh the role playing just becomes super awkward to people yeah um, yes uh, yeah so a lot of my dms also want to uh keep role playing in third person uh, mm. because that's also to avoid the thing that you mentioned here with, you know, coming in and out of character, it gets, can get awkward or, you know, between the lines, it's like, is, is this in character? Yeah. Is this out of character? So role-playing in third person can kind of mitigate that whole thing. And it's also 
to some people easier to role play in third person when just starting out because yeah, it's like you, you ask yourself what would my character do in this situation okay uh Merb, you know going back to my character again Merb would do um, this he would punch the guy in the face uh say some quick-witted thing about uh, uh this uh doofus that just blew his face up or something and then <laughs> cast fireball <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a smart approach Another way to very effectively differentiate between role-playing and just conversation um, is an accent. Um, I, oh, yeah. it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Depends on how much you talk to yourself. Uh, that's how I <laughs> develop my ability to just do various accents. Um, but when we are playing, we have the additional benefit of being multilingual. So when we want to say something out of character, we either switch to Bulgarian or we just talk with our normal, normal quote-unquote English voices. And once we roleplay, we just switch to the very distinct accent that the character has if we want to say something in character. And that is also a very... It's, it's, a, it's a way to do it. It will be awkward mm -hmm. at first, though. Like, there's no getting past that initial awkwardness of just staring your friends in the face and just talking in a silly voice. But once you realize that you're all there to do that exact thing, it can create magic. And that's, that's definitely been true for my favorite character, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really depends on, on on the group really and how the group dy dynamic is outside of uh, D and D. I think it's oh, how is. comfortable you are with the people that you're playing mm -hmm. with. Like if you're not yeah. comfortable with with the group that you're playing with, you really shouldn't be there playing with them because it's not going to be a fun time. Yeah, yeah, or that, or or if you're like if 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 your personality just doesn't doesn't like match a mesh in uh, with with the whole uh getting super into character um but you're but you really like just just playing the game and and enjoying the story as yourself um i've experienced that with with the the main group that i've played with in dm with it uh most of like the the parts of the game where they had the most fun and where they enjoyed themselves uh as, as as characters in the world was actually when they just played pretty much as themselves nice yeah. well what is a character that you've considered your favorite amongst all the characters that you've dm for because you, you oh, i remember you mentioning yeah, you dm more so than you play definitely definitely uh i think the character that i think is the most fun um is a character that i uh that is called Grim. He's a demigod sort of thing um, in a campaign that I named Rumbling Skies, which is like a world on top of like a, a floating island. Um, and then this Grim character, um, he's sort of like a virus. Like he, his primary ability is that he, as soon when he touches something. Um, it sort of gets tainted by him, and when and, and when that taint sort of develops, um, it sort of uh, warps the person or the thing, the object, into a version of him, sort of uh, pulling them into his hive mind, um, sort of creating copies of him. So um, we had like. Um, we had like one of the characters, one of the players. He 
uh, he lived in a dorm room uh, where his uh, where he he t- he was touched by Grimm, but instead uh, of uh, of Grimm triggering the the warp on on the player, he instead uh, triggered it on the uh, on the carpet that he walked on, um, oh and God. so the carpet slowly turned into uh, a version of him, and the carpet started talking, and whatever the carpet started touching uh, could also suddenly talk and and. This oh, no. and the player kept like hearing voices because a lot of shit was suddenly touched by this <laughs> by this weird demigod thing, um, and and he also like um, one of the other players he had like a pig, um, he managed to tame a pig, uh, and <laughs> and okay. it was and they went to they went to the to the school where where Grimm was like the only teacher um, because um, there are multiples of him uh, and so and so he he started uh, like uh, they were talking and, and, and Grimm is sort of like a, a weird lunatics character where like physics don't really apply to him so he can like sit on walls and sort of just be strange and weird and, and like, um, at some point, like the the pig walked up to to uh, one of the Grimms, and and he was sort of pooped on the nose. And like a couple of days later, uh, the pig sort of started growing bandages, and as like instead of fur, and started talk and started talking like this weird <laughs> god. <laughs> and, and the only way to like get rid of uh, the, the 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 corruption or the the grim inside of the pig was to sort of do a a magical warp thing that one of the other players could do with one of the objects that he had crafted. So they sort of went into the soul of the pig and sort of ripped out the the uh, corruption. But the thing is, like Grim was isn't an evil character. He's more like a very neutral character. He just sort of does shit and. Chaotic neutral. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I don't like. Sadly, we didn't get far enough for them to actually figure out like what his deal was. But they got a lot of glimpses of of the different aspects of of him as a character, and it was really fun. Like that he, sounds incredibly so awesome. complex. Yes, it, it's like esoteric and mechanically. This must have been a nightmare. Oh yeah. Some soul searching shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they thought they I took massive amounts of acid. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly campaign. what I was thinking. It's like, <laughs> what well, this dude can sit on walls. He he turns everything he touches into some kind of copy of himself. It's like, does this dude have schizophrenia or what? <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. And playing it was really fun. Like it was a a fun challenge because like usually when you when you play as a character if you're DMing or if you're playing as a player like you you, you choose characters which are somewhat normal like they're, they're somewhat grounded uh, unless they're, they're like the big bad uh, but making like a character that was so completely f- freaky and completely out of place uh, was really fun like uh, I'm really hoping to, to take 
him or take the campaign song uh, like somewhere further uh, sometime, sometime down the line. Hold on to that idea. That sounds really like just really interesting because I can't even imagine how I would deal with that as a player and I, I've seen some shit. Yeah, <laughs> like that's my, my DM used to uh, play a lot with a super overpowered uh, supernatural and like multiplanar things of various gods being actually attainable and killable and interactable and all that. Mm-hmm. And And so... This, it's 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 just a rabbit hole that's as just as deep as the DM decides it is. It's as as a player, it is so daunting experiencing that and trying to make heads or tails of the situation and what you can and cannot do. It's I think what's really fun about uh, about things things like that and, and and characters like that is that like um, as a DM, you're always ready to just sort of accept whatever the players want to do and when you're when you have a character like that or, or gods that are that are uh, sort of corporeal um you sort of play along the same lines like you sort of have to adapt to your own story as well um by playing that character and i think that's really fun that makes it like makes being a dm way more interactive I, it, I envision it might also cause some headaches because um, let me Definitely. let me quickly get into how I ruined the campaign I'm currently playing right <laughs> at the beginning. So um, my character is I wanted to make the most basic thing imaginable because I really wanted to learn how to role play because the campaign beforehand was that first campaign I played, which was just a disaster. Uh, so I made a sword and board fighter. Of course, very I was just about to say. <laughs> right, was the most basic mechanical thing you can play so you can focus on roleplay, right? So I made mm-hmm. him, and he had no leg and PTSD. <laughs> oh, wow, all right. And because his leg was bitten off by a chimera from the leg down, and that's how I started the character. I wanted something very distinct so I could play off of that and build the character from there. Anyway, this is nothing to do with the story, by the way. So, um... <laughs> The campaign is on an island. It takes place in a land. It's been taking place on that island for the entirety of the campaign. And this somewhat leads into the next thing I want to talk about, a dice roll. I wanted to talk about the most catastrophic dice rolls that we've seen. Mine is catastrophic in hindsight. Here's what happens. Or happened. Um, The first thing we were tasked with as a party was to find the son of the Duke of the Island, who had gone missing in the woods. We go into the woods, find a village. After a whole bunch of shenanigans in the village, we get to the ruined temple at the center of that village, and there stands the Duke's son, who has pretty much turned into Arthas. He's this, like, pale, powerful being. And I... (laughs) At this point, I wanted to get off the island, because the character wanted to get off the island. And we couldn't until we got the Duke's son back, because there was a blockade. And I had completely forgotten about that. So, um... I start talking to the Duke's son trying to convince him to not fight us, I rolled just well enough as to where, instead of him being the first boss we fought, he then became one of our greatest allies. And because I forgot that the blockade would be lifted after the Duke's son was rescued, we just didn't leave the island because I thought it was impossible. Oh, no. So I, yeah, I stuck the campaign on the island by rolling (laughs) too well. And I know the DM has wrote, written out, like, a whole world for us to explore, and we've never seen anything beyond the island. 
Oh, <laughs> man, I I am so yeah yeah we are. Uh, I have a similar story uh, about an island and being stuck on it, and uh, the DM having this entire world just laid out, and then being forced to pull things out of his ass in order to cope with what the players decided to do uh, so basically as we were on the mainland we were dealing with um our party was on a quest to figure out what this weird scourge corruption type deal that produced really scary aberrations and really like resident evil looking monsters like they're just the the nastiest and most nightmarish monsters that you could possibly think of um was just pouring out into the world and as we were doing our normal pleb level you know two stuff hunting wildlife and trying to you know sniff feet and figure clues out and all that <laughs> what monster the hunter fuck? reference by the way <laughs> Um, we, we just casually were on the beach, you know, looking for trails of some person that we were trying to find, and we stare out in the ocean, and our DM tells us to roll perception, and we roll perception, and we crit roll perception. <laughs> hey! Uh, and, uh, we have special, we have a lot of weird house rules for crit rolls and crit fails and all that. And so, basically, thanks to us crit-rolling the perception, we see something glimmering in the ocean, and it is some kind of weird, shiny, scaly fish monster that then proceed to come into shore, and it's it's the Monster Hunter monster, Megitsusune, uh, or whatever it's called, because our DM's a Monster Hunter fanatic, but... Regardless, this thing transforms into a person, starts talking to us, and is like, oh yeah, I'm from some magical island place somewhere deep out in there, and she motions over there. And our um our monk, our shadow monk, you know, the best perception in the in in, in, in the party, decides, fuck it. I'm gonna see if I can't see the island. You know, find it. <laughs> maybe maybe we can go there. And starts, you know, looking for it. Crit rolls perception again. <laughs> oh my god. And our DM's like, alright, alright, okay. I, you, you see the island? It's it's right over there. You know, you, you can just you can just take a boat and you can go out there, just talk to talk to the NPC or something, just get, get her to guide you over there. It's whatever, you know. I, I, I didn't have anything better to do for the story. You can just go, go there, go on. Yeah. Just, just go on. And uh, <laughs> so the party is like, you know. Our quest here is kind of boring. We're we're just gonna go and see what we can figure out about this island and all that, and see what the deal is. <laughs> and uh, so we we just oh, we just no. follow this 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 magical fish shining scale person thingy um, on our boat out to the island, and uh, we 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 just moved the entire storyline from where it was supposed <laughs> to be on the mainland to this island out in wherever some super magical fairy tale place and that's just where we spent the rest of th that year playing the campaign <laughs> nice. and it turns out the dm had not planned any of this it was simply just you know supposed to be some fan service for the monster hunter fans in the party that oh yeah you see some shiny scaly fish monster out there and he did not plan on any of this happening so it was like as we got there it was like okay guys i 
<clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna need to take a month break because we were playing uh, weekly. I'm gonna need to take a month break to, uh, uh, you know, write the story and, 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 and prepare everything for this. And, and, and then let's come back after that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we just... It's actually golden. Yeah, that's, that's, and, and that, that's pretty much, the, that's, that's pretty much how, how the story went for the rest of that campaign and that DM. He just, he, had, like, he tried so hard to be structured <laughs> and plan things. And, and we as players were like, no, fuck that. We're just gonna do whatever we want. <laughs> And so, and so he's just like 60-70% of that campaign is just him pulling shit out of his ass every single session. He has a somewhat loose framework of like key people that we might want to find and that's it. We just freeform story from there on. <laughs> well, it's you got amazing. Any, you got any stories of uh, people derailing your campaigns with catastrophic dice rolls? Um, I don't, not derail, derailing per se. I had like, we definitely had some funny die rolls. Um, I think, uh, the way just, just to quickly touch on, on, on the whole derailing thing. Um, I had one campaign which got nowhere because of similar reasons. Like the players just decided <laughs> to do whatever the fuck they I'm wanted. Sorry. And, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> And it turned out they got their adventure, but I didn't get mine. Uh, but that's fine. That's sort of that's sort of what being a DM is like. And 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 that was like the first real campaign that I ran, and I learned a lot from that lesson. Um, basically, that it doesn't actually make sense to to build like a really intricate and and, and, and exciting story if the players are just gonna do whatever they want. But that's also part of the magic. So it's sort of it makes more sense to just make like some really fun key characters, build, like make a world that's fun to explore. Um, so you have a, like you have a rough idea of what the world looks like, what what's in the world, uh, and and what kind of people they can meet, and you can just sort of pull from that bank instead of making like a uh, like a really intricate story from uh like from the beginning i think it's 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 a good idea to have like a really a really good foundation like to start off off like in a in, in some kind of goal but but other than that like keeping it loose is it's definitely a better idea <laughs> um but yeah uh i think the most catastrophic role that sort of ties back into grim um with one of the players uh one of my friends Nigel who he made a really bad like he he was trying to to like test how like he was an he, he was like a, an artificer so he could like build and and, and 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 like create crazy objects um and one of the objects that he built um was like a timepiece where uh, he could sort of he couldn't go back in time but like in another version of the world further or further back in time or or into the future um holy crap and and he made the mistake of uh letting it uh like 
letting it like sit on the desk of his dorm room. And we already established how the dorm room was already corrupted. Oh, no. And so the timepiece was, of course, corrupted as well when when he started using it. And Sounds like some Rick and Morty shit right here. <laughs> and so when he started using it, uh, he was pulled into this this really strange dream. Um, and he had to roll for whether or not he would be able to control where he was going or not and he of course failed miserably um and was pulled into this into this um small little like pocket dimension with like a, a lake and a small island with like a hut uh in the middle and he then was stuck on this pillow uh, sort of paddling his way to this island and and he got to the island and he opened the door and uh, there was a really really old um, bearded man uh, wrapped in bandages with a really pointy hat uh, sitting it's a on lizard. a rocking chair and he and because he noticed the bandages he was like is this, is this legitimately another Grim? Are we doing this right now? <laughs> and I was like, well, you can find out. <laughs> You're a Grim, Harry. <laughs> and so he started talking to this old character. And, and like, this old man was definitely like off his fucking rocker. Uh, okay. And he was like, oh, hello, little boy. How oh, are you wow. doing? <laughs> and... Poor man needs his medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and so they started talking and, and, and the more he talked to, to, to this version of Grimm, he like he was uh, like he slowly got some glimpses as to where the story would go. Um and he realized that this was uh probably the first Grimm, uh the one who started it all. And so he got like a got like a couple uh, pieces of information that they wouldn't have had at the time if he hadn't <laughs> failed that role. Um, ah, but nice. But it was like, uh, but what ended like like what he had to deal with now was whenever he uh, had to use this this uh, timepiece, which was useful. Um, he would have to roll whether or not he'd get back to that island, and so every time he rolled like. Uh, like a five or below, uh, he'd had to go to that island and, and and talk to the old Grim and hear some more of his weird stories and get <laughs> nothing out of it, <laughs> other than like bits and pieces of information that may or may not come in handy somewhere down the line. So, the best so yeah. kind of information. Yeah, like so uh, irrelevant that might come in handy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So you treated the um, failed dice rolls as an opportunity to to drag that player into Tom Bombadil's realm and bombard him. <laughs> Exposition dumps everywhere. Yeah. That's your punishment yeah. for rolling bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's genius. That's that's actually genius. It was a it was a fun it was a fun way to like have him be sort of like the lore master like force the player to become the uh -huh. lore master for the rest of the party oh uh, no but 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 it was 
it was fine because uh, he's the type of guy who really likes that sort of stuff. Oh, so okay, I definitely wouldn't have done something like that with any other player. I think they would have just found it very strange. <laughs> I really yeah. appreciate the spin we put on this question because in like traditional terms, catastrophic dice rolls to me are just a horrible sequence of events. But I really like that we all have a story where it, it alters a character or campaign in an interesting way while still quote unquote derailing it. Because I had prepared a story that ends at a shitworm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I have a really catastrophic, like, bad, bad one as well, if you want to hear it. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm I, have, I have one as a player. I as mean, well. of course we have. <laughs> yeah. Go, Phelps. Please share. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so. Um, on this magical island that we then appeared on, right? Yeah. Um, we were out, we're now like level six around that time, uh, and we are OP. Like, we are overpowered, we are basically demigods at this point, because our DM messed some rolls up initially, and we now have like several stats at t 20. No. And a bunch of like plus one magic items to boot. And extra AC and magic up the ass, as he likes to call it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, we'd been, uh, we're looking for a, uh, a Mind Flayer dungeon, right? And as we're looking for this dungeon, uh, a, a mad ghost decides to mess with us. Uh, specifically the wizard, uh, aka my character, my poor character. <laughs> um, he decides to possess the wizard, or at least attempt to. Uh, so that prompts a wisdom save, of course, and uh, lo and behold, spectacularly fail. <laughs> With a massive nat one. <laughs> oh no. So, Thick what happens is my poor wizard gets afflicted by madness for 24 hours, <laughs> essentially reducing him to one intelligence and he's only really able to distinguish between friend and foe. He can't talk, he can't cast spells, he can't really attack because he's a fucking wizard. He's a, Oh my god. He's, he's a small boy, he's got weak arms. <laughs> um, T-Rex so, boy over here. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, it's just... You're 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 try you're on this treacherous island with all these nightmarish monsters coming out at night, and you've got 24 hours to protect this wizard that has one intelligence. It's like oh, what? No. Oh no! <laughs> so, um, the party had to quickly just set up camp because it was getting dark, and uh, uh, our DM really likes to throw things at us that are like several challenge ratings above what they should be for that level because we are so overpowered yeah um so we had to use so many protective items and magic equipment and you know one-time scrolls and pull in favors and all that to just stay alive for the night because of the wizard was a, an unintelligible <laughs> gibbering you know dunce for that entire 24 hours <laughs> And, and that was right before we were gonna go into the Mind Flayer dungeon. Jeez. We had to blow, like, all of our stuff to just not die. And, and be TKO'd from that one roll. 
But, you know, the reason the wizard did it is because he was promised, you know, all the knowledge in the world. Unlimited knowledge and powers beyond what you could ever dream of. Uh, AKA, he would be, like, boosted, mega boosted in stats, like, get 25 in, in intelligence and oh wisdom and, 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 like, advantage rolls on pretty much anything related to magic. Uh, you know, just fart out uh, level one and two spell slots like cantrips. I mean, it's... Come on. <laughs> it was very, very um, incentivized to make the roll. <laughs> did you make it? I mean, I, mean, did, I did made the, the roll and it? I failed. No, I mean, like, did you get the stat boost in the end? Uh, no, no, God, no. Oh, thank God. Okay, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 it was a one-time thing. It was. I made the roll and I failed and I crit failed, and so I got you know the whole madness thing. <laughs> Amazing. Good shit. So I was just playing a, a crippled wizard for twenty-four hours for like you know <laughs> half a session. It was great. <laughs> while, while the rest of the party is just like pulling their hair, being like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" <laughs> how do we, how do we survive the, the night? Sentient bale of hay. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a, a catastrophic roll that almost TKO'd the entire party, That's and fantastic. it was leading up to a really difficult mind flayer dungeon, which, yeah, That's not fun. Vela, what what's yours? Uh, and I, like it's it's not all too different. Like basically, uh, and this actually ended up uh, spoilers ended up killing the character. Um, <gasps> And so, okay, so to lay the groundwork, I was a, I was a sort of sorcerer uh, in this campaign, that, in this uh, game that my friend designed, and um, and I was like, I was obsessed with fire, um, and and I could basically with the right um, with the right preparation, I could basically become an invincible fire mage for a good day or so but if i overused my flames um i would take uh, mental damage and and so the at some point uh i overused my my fire abilities and i received some 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 mental scarring and and ended up uh sort of experiencing this hallucination which was like part of my of my character's uh, story arc, and 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 basically what that entailed was that I saw visions of a, of a volcano uh, with a spirit inside, uh, and and my character then decided to search for this volcano, and so at some point I of course found the volcano, and and we went on like a. Uh, I somehow convinced the rest of the party to help me out uh, infiltrating this volcano, which was overtaken by by a bunch of um, tinkering goblin-like creatures. Um, and the monsters in there weren't actually all that bad, like uh, difficulty-wise. They were somewhat manageable. The problem was that I had, like, I was sort of burnt out. Um, like uh, spell wise, um, I couldn't like uh, the way the system worked is that um, instead uh, it's a it's a d hundred system. So instead of uh, rolling a a die to determine 
whether or not you you hit, uh, you roll instead to determine whether or not you you miss. Uh, so I had to roll under my uh, stat total, and that's very difficult if you if your stats suddenly get uh, lowered because you're you're you've used too much of your power. Um, and suddenly I kept like failing and if I f and if you fail to a certain extent you go to like a a, a table like a, a critical fail table sort of um, where you can where you can up, end up getting really fucked up and though and so at some point throughout one encounter uh, throughout the end of the uh, of the dungeon so to say um, I rolled really badly and ended up going crazy for just enough time for my character to decide to leap into the volcano oh, to no. become one with the spirit. <laughs> um, and so he died miserably. And, oh, no. and was very warm for the rest of his very short life. Well, if, if, it's, if it's any consolation, uh, I recently watched a YouTube video on how it would be to jump into a volcano. And uh, he, he, he would pass out before he really felt anything. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> what a consolation. Sa sadly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sa sadly, he was pretty attuned to fire, so he handled pre heat pretty well. Oh so it wasn't all that comfortable. Oh, actually. okay, okay, yeah. No, I, I, that's that, that certainly does complicate things a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Did you at least do the Terminator uh, Two thing? When you see oh yeah, thumbs up. Lava, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish, man. <laughs> Uh, oh man, all that yeah. all that table rolling and you know the one d hundred sounds a whole lot like five uh, e uh, sorcerer uh, wild magic. What? Wild magic, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all wild magic. Fucking miserable. <laughs> it's actually the worst. <laughs> I, mean, I our, swear to God. Our DM kept teasing us with giving us items like magical ones that were essentially wild magic. He gave us a one that was like, yeah, if you hit a 1d100, you get a wish for free. And everything else, like all the 99, uh, 99 other rolls were like absolute trash and would probably cripple somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And he kept trying to push it on us being like, do it, do it, do it, you won't. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Oh my God. It's like, oh, oh, you're in a bad spot. How about using that one? You might wish the monster away. Huh? <laughs> Oh my god. I think the worst part about the system that... Because we were, of course, playtesting the, the system for our friend, right? Right. And and the problem with, this, the, with the D100 system that he designed is that he his uh, idea was that uh, the players should be very average people, right? And so your stat total for the first many levels were like somewhere around... 30 that was like in the, in the high end and oh wow and a lot of 30 and then 30 out of 100 is really fucking bad oh yeah <laughs> so it's like a 70 percent chance to miss whatever the fuck you're doing so like we're trying basic stuff like opening doors or like casting oh. this the most basic cantrips <laughs> in the world and we would miss and fail oh. You you, you, you you go to open the dungeon door and you sprain your wrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff every single time. Something very really similar happened. Something very similar happened in a campaign with a friend of mine. Not not exactly he was fucking himself up on a door, 
But I remember, so the character in question is a rogue cat person, essentially a Khajiit. And I remember the one thing he is absolutely brilliant at, naturally, acrobatics. He had never failed an acrobatics role in the entire existence of the character, right? Plus 17 at like level 12. Insane. Wow. So we were at like level, this was just when he was entering the game and we were level about 12. And he goes to a bordello to uh, like get information or some shit. And he starts, (laughs) this is the lamest (laughs) situation I've ever seen. He starts haggling with the, uh, the receptionist at that place to like let him into the bordello and he can't. And they both start trying to attack each other and it's the lamest shit I've ever seen. Like (laughs) he goes to stab the receptionist he drops his dagger and it like goes through the reception escape. He has essentially uh, a spell on the dagger or something, an enchantment that can pull it back to his hand. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna use my second attack to pull the dagger back. He pulls the dagger back, rolls a one. It flies through the other side of the cape, stabs him in the arm. Then the receptionist <laughs> goes to stab him, stabs the desk. And then <laughs> the GM's like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I'm gonna, what was it? I'm gonna f- like, I wanna try something acrobatic to get behind him and position myself better. And the GM is like, okay, so you are going to vault off the desk and like do a pirouette in the air, land behind him and then stab him. And the DM goes, do an acrobatics check. And my friend was so confident. He goes, oh, preemptive dab. And he just hits the lowest dab humanly imaginable. With advantage, by the way. He had advantage. Oh, no. Advantage meaning rolling two dice. I forgot to explain the terms for the people listening. So what, uh, he has advantage on the roll. Rolls two 20-sided die. And as he comes back from the dab, the dice stop on a one and a two. Oh, no. I almost fell out of the building laughing. It was insane. <laughs> that is, Pure that pain. Is rough stuff. Holy shit. Ridiculous. That's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had several, like, dual crit, uh, crit fail rolls, quite recently, actually. <laughs> we, we've had it so many times through our, <clears throat> our campaigns and our sessions that we've, we've started implementing house rules for them. So if you get a double crit or a double crit fail, something extra bad or extra good happens. <laughs> because what are the odds? Oh, what, what is the most recent one you can think of? I'm curious. Uh, it was a poor, uh, so the recent campaign we're doing is we're in unexplored land. We're basically exploring, uh, uh, America for the first time, essentially. You know, we're, we're, with the new settlers, we're here to, uh, see how things are with the natives and see if we can't uh, recruit them and build stuff and all that. And we have our native, um... Our native guide, so to speak, is a uh, is a death uh, death domain cleric, who's also some kind of weird blue looking Goliath monster, <laughs> um, because natives gotta look weird for some reason. Um, and the poor guy, he uh, he he's he's going to 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 perform this 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 right to please his god, and he just crit fails his his oh, religion no. role double crit fail and so uh <laughs> you know n- not pleased from above 
so the poor guy gets uh, absolutely slighted for bad behavior. <laughs> and, uh, and since he can't complete his right and his daily quota is now, uh, is, is now not filled, uh, he, he doesn't get his, uh, his, his, his good night's rest. <laughs> oh no. Poor and guy. so we have you we, are we, uh, you are on the bad list now. Yes, you you are <laughs> you, you are not uh, you are on Santa's naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have to go out and find some some poor sod to uh to 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 uh, I don't know please or do good deeds for so uh so we can so we can get back in in this uh in, in this death god's good graces. <laughs> oh boy. No. That sounds like a I... derailment onto itself. I mean, that entire campaign is is just wacky, and and that campaign's supposed to be more grounded, and you know, not overpowered, which it isn't. You know, it, it isn't. We recently ran into Sandworm that we thought we could beat because of our previous campaign being overpowered. We ended up almost getting TKO'd. Oh no! Because we overestimated ourselves, and the oh, DM boy. wasn't like super clear with whether that was this was a fight that we were supposed to be able to take. He rolled a five on the encounter dice. A five. That's really low. Christ. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I I forgot. Well, I forgot a really funny story actually. Uh, about which I was just reminded of. Uh, where I played a. I played one of those. Uh, what are they called in 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 D and D? Like one of those crow people, right? Crow people. Uh, oh, the the uh, a, a, a v something. Uh, yeah, not avians, but close enough. No, no, no. Avians? Yeah. No, it was, um. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, I, I was playing a Tengu, right? In, in like um, Pathfinder terms, um, and, and 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 what I decided for my character is that he sort of hyper focuses on, on specific shiny stuff that he finds uh, or sees. And so um, I was in love with uh, Kukri's because um, I uh, because I saw one and I and I thought this would fit my character so well. This would be so cool. <laughs> and so and so I decided to to like um, to like focus like hyper focus on these on getting Kukri's. That was like the mission for my character. Hell yeah, and so we went into the city. Collector. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and so I and so we went into the city, and I went around town and asked every single blacksmith if they had kukris, and and then at, at the last blacksmith shop, uh, we went. Uh, I went to, I found out that they had kukris, but they sold them for like, way more than we had. Like we were flat broke. Um, and and so during the night, I snuck into the shop, <laughs> and and I and I and I took the kukris. Um, but the thing is that I had uh, failed my sneaking roll and my perception check, and so I didn't notice that the old woman who managed the shop um, was standing uh, on the edge of the stairs. Uh, pointing her um, crossbow at me, and so I grabbed the kukris and I tried to run at her and stab her as soon as I noticed her. <laughs> after she she failed like two shots at me, 
Uh, so she didn't do all too well as, uh, either. So that's pretty good. Um, and so I I ran at her. I tried to stab her. I critically failed that. Failed that. So I just fucking ram these goddamn knives uh, like over her into the staircase uh i flip over i ram my back into the staircase um and i then decide okay i'm she's still pointing a crossbow at me i have nothing to defend myself with i grab the kukris um she fires an arrow at me hits hits my wing and i take a lot of damage um i run upstairs i jump out of the window i fail another acrobatics check break oh, my, my god break my ankle when landing <laughs> i try i try to run as fast as i can this old woman just keeps shooting bolts at me and keeps failing <laughs> oh and i somehow god. make it out of the city and i'm then put on the wanted list and i cannot enter the city for the rest of the campaign and the guys have to like sneak food out into the forest for me for like wow. two sessions straight. Oh, <laughs> is, are, are, are you sure this wasn't premeditated? Like somehow just a comedy skit or something? Like that was like, such bad luck or bad was, roles in general in, in quick succession that just does not happen. It was the worst. <laughs> It I was actually it in the my worst. mind's eye, and it, it has cartoon sound effects. <laughs> oh yes, stupid! <laughs> it's a stupid kids cartoon. That's what it is. <laughs> and thus, Kukri's will never like. I, I I will never not remember that story whenever I hear or see Kukri's. <laughs> oh it was, god! It was really fun. That was like I think that was the first like my first uh, my first real character that I played. I was really like that. That's where I got hooked. I think. That, in, that incident well i guess from uh stories of personal character tragedy to group ones uh the last thing i have on the docket here is stories that are emblematic of your party and i only wanted to touch upon this topic mostly to illustrate how stupid the party i'm part of can be sometimes <laughs> uh the most shining example of what a dysfunctional unit of morons we are is as follows um we had just set sail to a snowy part of the island or was it a neighboring island covered in snow one of the two with the task of getting a gem which would we would use in a ritual to revive our cleric who we just accidentally got killed um uh -huh. so we're sitting towards <laughs> as you do as, as you do, do. Yeah. we we got another one it's fine so we're oh, okay. <laughs> expendable clerics <laughs> same player too he finally the introduction of that character the new cleric by the way was him <laughs> uppercutting our barbarian in the balls with a maze anyway oh. um so we get on the boat and my character is very paranoid of boats because the way he arrived on the island is shipwrecking um Great. so he is like i'm immediately like armor off stow it in the the cabin and i'm just going to like always be vigilant okay so it's even more stress on my character's already frayed psyche the party on this particular boat ride consisted of me, the warrior, our witcher, who functionally in the game was a warlock, so he had some eldritch magic and shit, but he roleplayed a witcher, uh, our cleric, dwarf cleric, and our uh, newly added uh, snake lady sorceress. So, after some shit, and me and the, the, <laughs> me and the witcher 
uh, are fantastic friends, like, in real life. And we play off each other very well. So we just bicker like an old married couple constantly for roleplay purposes, and it's fantastic. And from <laughs> that, we um, got into the habit of trying to one-up each other in dumb pranks. And it was his turn. <laughs> so the party goes to sleep in the boat. My character takes off his leg, which at that point has been made out of like some adamantium-like material, very strong, has a fireball spell in the knee. Oh, um, I take it off to sleep, and I just hug it to my chest. Um, the witcher had a familiar, which was a demonic fox. So he knows that my character is really, really on edge. And he wanted to do something to freak me out. So here's his plan. He was going to sneak into my cabin, mine and the cleric's. And he was going to summon the fox onto my chest and make it start making spooky noises that should resemble a chimera, the very creature that bit off my leg. And the idea being it, it would freak me out, I would thrash around a bit and he would then laugh and uh everybody would go haha you got him here's what he didn't account for how vigilant the cleric was here's what happens he enters the room summons the fox and i uh knowing how my character would react i like start waking up and i immediately freak the fuck out and start i jump up i start making a whole bunch of noise the cleric who sleeps in full combat gear even on a comfy ship launches to his feet and casts uh, light, but at like a higher level, on on his shield, and shines it like a beacon towards our witcher who's Flashbang. standing in the doorway laughing. <laughs> and he does that. He immediately sees the witcher, and then two things happen at once. I see him too, and I go to throw my leg at his face. The cleric immediately decides to uppercut him in the balls with his mace. Cleric said, said his action first, he goes first. He, he rolls a crit, and he fucking whips that mace in a fantastic 270 degree arc right into the Witcher's nutsack. The Witcher goes from laughing to doubling over in the span of 0.5 seconds. He, he bends over and starts just yelping. All that noise was attracts... castrated real fast. Pretty much. <laughs> He starts just just howling in pain. The sorceress, who was sleeping in a different cabin, like, bolts up and goes to check what the commotion is. At that exact moment, I'm throwing my leg, and I roll a 24 <laughs> to hit. Oh, that thing's but gonna the, hit. <laughs> but the witcher's head isn't where I was aiming, because <laughs> he's bent over. So the sorceress rounds the corner and gets a metal foot to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that entire process took like half a minute, and we got so messed up. And that's mo- how most of our encounters go, oh I boy. shit you not. It's just pure madness. That I've somehow sad. survived all of it, by the way, I don't know how. But yeah. Classic. Oh man, that's fun. Do any of you have something similar to the, of the party being this dysfunctional? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Vala said yes first, so Vala goes first. Sure thing. So, um, <clears throat> so the campaign where where Grim also takes place, um, I decided to try something new with character creation uh, for or, uh, my players. So um, they rolled. In, they told me what uh, they wanted to focus on, like in regards to um, character strength. So. Uh, they were interested in, in like intelligence or strength or something and I looked at the different types of uh, character classes 
and gave them a choice of three, um, which they could pick up, uh, pick later in the campaign. So they instead started out as farmhands, just uh, a couple really dumb small boys, which could do uh, very little in regards uh, to well anything really. They didn't really have any strengths or abilities. Um, and they had to sort of build their character by completing like menial tasks like um, mowing the lawn or planting potatoes or um, watering plants, that sort of stuff. Um, and depending on how creative they were uh, with how they, they managed uh, whatever tasks they were given, uh, that would give them a, a number of stats. Um, so they're, if they were super creative in their um, in their way of tackling the, the task, uh, they would get like uh, plus two in, in, in whatever stat they they were uh, taking like uh, whatever t- that test um, had or focused on. Um, and so they they really got to know this farm pretty in and out. They knew where all the animals were. Um, they, um, they had man, like a mandrake farm, uh, very Harry Potter mandrake style. So like right. they would scream if you, if you pulled them out. <laughs> um, and, and they were like, they were pretty comfortable with the layout, uh, at this point. And then the farm is attacked by bandits and, um, and the, the boys are, uh, doing their, their different chores. And then, um, they hear that something is going on uh, on the farm, and they all decide to check it out. So uh, one of them uh, goes into into the center of the farm, which is like a, a horseshoe uh, type of building, um, and and he decides to be diplomatic. He tries to talk to the bandits, talk them out of it. Um, they like the bandits have taken the. The, their mother hostage and and uh, their father and so um, he tries to to reason with them which of course doesn't work because they're bandits um, so why should they care um, and, and and so the others sort of just keep uh, out of sight um, try to figure out okay how do we deal with this um, so two of the bo- uh, two of the boys uh, decide to go to the bull uh, one of them picks up the axe uh, on the way um, to sort of have a weapon. Uh, like, they don't have any weapons. They only have whatever is on the farm. Um, and the other uh, sort of tries to manage the bull into into place uh, before uh, releasing it into the center of the farm. Um, and the other sneaks around back um, to the mandrakes. And... And so while this one while this one guy is trying to reason with these bandits and not be killed in the meantime, uh, the others uh, try to ready whatever um, whatever uh, combat strategy they try to initiate. And, and <laughs> so they they make a signal by one of the guys taking a mandrake, uh, like the, the guy who went to the mandrake farm. He takes the mandrake and tosses it into the middle of the like over the over the the the, the roof of the building and then uh into the into the center of the farm and as soon as i hear the screaming of the mandrake the, uh the uh, the guy with the with the bull he like uh jumps on top of the bull the guy with the axe he pulls away um 
the like the the, the, the wood the wooden beam that's blocking the the bull from 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 getting out like the door that's that's uh, in the in the farm and then he smacks the bull with the axe in the in the ass and the bull just charges through and runs straight like straight through the bandits uh, tramples one of them uh, pierces the other with a horn who's now stuck on the bull's horn uh, and it rushes straight into the living room <laughs> like <of> the, <laughs> like through the wall into the living room and then has to like the the, the guy on the bull has to now maneuver this goddamn angry ass bull <laughs> back onto the center of the of the farm and the guy with the axe he tries to run up to the uh to the remaining um bandit and then he critically fails and then the axe head flies off and hits the player who tried to negotiate in the head <laughs> and now he only has a stick and has to defend defend themselves with this oh, goddamn no. stick and they somehow make it and they and, and the guy with the mandrakes like he just keeps tossing mandrakes they've, like like they've put stuff in their ears so so the players can't hear the mandrakes uh, all too well but at some point there's so many mandrakes in the middle of the farm so everyone just has it straight up out <laughs> until the mandrakes calm down <laughs> oh like, my god. Sounds uh, like an insurance commercial gone wrong that just doesn't stop. Uh, was really... Was that a uh, New Zealand or Australian um, commercial about home safety? <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where the mom trips on, on some uh, toy car and then falls over and hits uh, the glass table and gets splinters and all that. It's really gruesome. It's wacky. I think it was Australian commercial. <laughs> Man, it's it's oh, uh, it's awfully similar. Wow, what a chaotic uh, way of dealing with that whole bandit situation. I, I love the slow escalation. Yeah. Of, oh, there's some people. Let me talk to them too. Has this ever happened to you? Bull yeah. bursts into the <laughs> living room. <laughs> oh, it's great. It was yeah yeah. That's that's the sort of stuff we do. Um, though I haven't though I haven't played or DM'd in a, in a, in a long time. I'm really out of practice, but it was like that sort of stuff. Uh, I love. <laughs> Absolutely Ooh. ridiculous. Felt. What about yours? I mean, if 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 my story is leading up until this point hasn't already shown what kind of stupidity that singular <laughs> characters do, let me let, let me let me uh, lay upon you a, a little fairy tale of the cleric who could, or at least thought that she could. <laughs> um. So. Uh, we get to the Mind Flayer cave, or dungeon, right? Okay. We are outside of the entrance. We uh, figure out how to get in there. It's a, it's a statue that is uh, cupping, their, uh, cupping their hands and, well, basically wanting something gifted to them. Uh, we figure out it's an item we already have. It's a big, shiny gemstone. Right, it's it's about as big as your two fists. Like it's, it's a it's a big old gemstone. Okay. Um, we this is in a cave. Uh, we decide to make camp for the night outside of this after confirming that this is the entrance, uh, opening it, and then closing it because 
maybe we shouldn't go in here when we're already half dead from the previous encounter night <laughs> for me, you know, <laughs> one intelligence wizard. <laughs> um, so we, we, we get the brilliant idea of making camp about 20 feet away from the dungeon entrance. <laughs> Um, it sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and we, that. yeah. We are fully aware that this is, you know, a big old mind flayer dungeon, right? And and mind flayers do not do not mess around, right? They love to play mm-hmm. tricks. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the, that's the first first bad decision, right? <clears throat> uh, we set up camp. We set up alarm. We set up all you know all of the standard um, defensive mechanisms, trap. You know, my 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 wizard setting up all the magical traps and all that. Um, and we go to sleep, right? Halfway through the night, everybody rolls wisdom. The Great only side. one who, uh, no, uh, perception, uh, perception, sorry. Uh, the only one who actually makes it is the cleric. The cleric wakes up and hears some, and I quote, snazzy jazz tunes coming from the <laughs> coming from the statue ah yes <laughs> we uh the the players now realize that oh boy the uh mind flayers playing tricks on us again they, they they've now started and so the cleric being uh very intrigued by these snazzy jazz tunes uh decide to investigate further and they, they, they walk up to this um, to the statue and they notice it's open. The, the door is open. The ladder down to the dungeon is just there, ready to be climbed down. And as the cleric is looking down this hole, trying to figure out what's going on, why there's really good music playing down there, and, oh, wow, I really <laughs> want to go check that out. It's, hmm, <laughs> maybe it's my favorite jazz band. Um, they get prompted to roll a wisdom save. <clears throat> they resist the wisdom save. They resist being charmed by the Mind Flayer, being taken down in the dungeon, and done unspeakable acts of whatever to <laughs> them. You know, tadpole in the eye, Mind Flayer stuff, you know, all that, all that good stuff. But... The, the player character th- or the, the player thinks that it's a it's a great idea to check it out anyways <laughs> of course <laughs> because what's the worst like you know they them being new to D have no idea what the actual like what's actually going on and 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 and, and they're they're really really not that good at you know they're still new to a whole playing into the character and kind of, you know, sneakily rolling uh, history to figure out what the character knows about the world that they might not know. Um, so the character, or the, the, the player is like, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? It's just some nice music. Maybe the m- maybe our uh, our late bard decided to sneak down there and, you know, surprise us with a visit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the bard then had, you know, died previously and uh, kind of weirdly come back as a revenant or something. It's wacky stuff. Um, but you know, it's like, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Let's let's just go down and check it out, and proceeds to climb down, and immediately gets knocked unconscious. <laughs> and then uh, the um, 
The statue then proceeds to slam shut, and everything goes back to peaceful and quiet. The party wakes up, it's a new day, time to get some, you know, slay some monsters, right? But, oh no, where's the cleric? <laughs> the cleric's gone! Well, shit! <laughs> what do we do now? We're a, we're a party of a wizard, a fighter, and a monk. We're, we're missing the cleric, goddammit! How are we going to do the dungeon without the cleric? I mean, not, not that the cleric was very helpful anyways, because they were more uh, brawn over, uh, well, using spells. Um, right. Um, so uh, we're like, well, this ain't good. So we decide to, instead of going back to, to the town that was like, you know, a few hours, you know, uh, half a day's ride back... Uh, and getting assistance from the uh, residing, you know, company that was there already, you know, trying to help us with with this whole thing. Uh, we we decide that nah, don't worry, we're we're strong enough to deal with a few mind players. <laughs> Mad mode. <laughs> yeah, going in <laughs> YOLO, am I right? <laughs> um, so we just go into this dungeon. Uh, we're down one party member. We're down more than half of our protective, you know, equipment and magic items since the night before. You know, the whole mad curse. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we just start the dungeon without all that. And uh, we end up uh, getting the absolute shit kicked out of us from like <laughs> no the second room on. <laughs> and so we have to double back and take a short rest in the dungeon. On several occasions. Oh, oh my god. Those probably actually deserved. I mean, yeah. And, and <laughs> we're, we're just, you know, spending... We, we, we spent like three sessions trying to look for the fucking cleric. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and, and, and like, we, we were... We, our fighter, of course, he had a portable ram because edgy fighter, big Hulk smash. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just, you know, looking for any kind of secret doors smashing the walls here and there trying to break down the dungeon that was you know completely mace like and filled uh, filled with deadly traps that were like trying to you know flood the dungeon or crush you or you know all, all, all that good stuff while the cleric is having their own little you know party split session thing you know their own little thing where they wake up in a cell and they you know they they they, they got some people there that are they're really really wacky and uh, they 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 sound crazy, and then and then the the, the warden is walking around, and this they 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 feel like they're in a regular prison, and then uh, you know he he gets he gets asked if he wants to uh, wants to be free, if he wants to you know gain power beyond their imagination and you know, all that you know accept the dark side yada yada, uh, <laughs> and they're like, well, I want my goddamn jazz music. <laughs> So they, so they they start investigating and they and then they, they they stumble upon all these mechanisms and all these distilleries for you know weird potions and all that and they're like oh this smells like alcohol let me just take a sip and uh, <laughs> it's just absolute insanity of of just finding these because this was a labor like a proper laboratory of of bunch of alchemy and all that it's just. You know, touching all the equipment, breaking stuff, pipes blowing up, and it's just going around oh. there, just poking around, just what like the all the players were like, please don't kill yourself. <laughs> we beg of you, please. On session oh three, I would have gone from please don't kill yourself to God ended, please kill yes. yourself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, and, and we, we, we eventually 
uh, no managed to knock down uh, a wall and and broke into the room and we just saw the destruction <laughs> that this that this cleric had just made here and we're like, wow, we're never letting you out of our sight again. <laughs> <laughs> you rainbow six sieged a dungeon. Yes, we rainbow six sieged a fucking dungeon. Let's go. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Nothing stands in the way of a portable battering ram and 20 strength, alright? <laughs> Not even some magic. Boom goes to dynamite. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Oonga boonga all the way. Let's go. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. So yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that was, uh, that was the story of the cleric who could. <laughs> oh my god, I really, really miss playing D&D. Or PNP, I guess. Yeah, that was, uh, oh, yep, that was, that was pretty much, at, at some point, every single character, every single player had some kind of wacky encounter like that. It was, oh man, <laughs> that entire campaign was scuffed. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what is now the longest ever episode of the podcast. I was just finally, about to say. Because <laughs> finally landed. Uh, these are all the topics I had. So, onto the outro, which I always know how to do and never edit 17 times. Uh, thank you guys for sharing. I honestly anticipated this to be more wacky stories and not actual insight into how one can get into D&D, one, how one can um, roleplay efficiently, what to do, what not to do. And I believe we sort of covered the entire gamut of what role, tabletop roleplaying can be. So this went from a wacky idea to something like genuine useful and also wacky. So and I, I hope, I really, really hope some or uh, some listeners, I was about to say viewers, uh, take something away from it, like maybe become somewhat interested uh, in trying it out because it's really fun. Like even if you're not comfortable role playing, or even if you're not, uh, you're not super used to to this type of of just fa- like. Finding cool stories, telling, uh, telling cool stories. Like it's, there's a whole world to be discovered, and even though it's super dorky, it's also something. Like it's also stories that you can share with your uh, tight bit group of friends that you'll always have and always keep with you. Like they're, it's amazing. It's actually, it's actually really, really fun. Definitely, definitely beautifully put. So yeah, thank, thank the both of you. Uh, and to whoever's still left listening at this point, uh, let us know if you should do this again. I have a ton more of these yeah. more wacky knots <laughs> oh. of, of just stories of nightmarish encounters, of insanely lucky boss persuasions, all of that. So yeah, if, if anybody wants to uh, hear more of these, do let us know. So thank you again to my guests, and we will uh, catch you. you guys next yeah, time. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Hey you, you made it to the end. Congratulations! That must mean you like us enough to want more, right? Well, good news! We're all over the internet. Go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early, as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team. Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at playembersword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics. Drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Ember Sword.